start it. And then we, there you go. That's how you do the awkward Yeah, stuff. exactly. And then there we're like, go. oh, are we live? And he, he goes, yes. And I'm like, yeah. And then we have to do the whole pausing for setting the show up. Shut up. Wow. Eat a biscuit. That, that would be the awkward Shut up start. And eat a biscuit. Whoa. Next level. Whoa. Getting violent. All right. And then we, we pause and then uh, I do the intro. Hello, gamers. Thank you guys so much for joining us on PSVGOT, uh, episode 15, I believe. I am joined with a, a plethora of amazing people here. Uh, so, so we'll start us off with Donnie. How you doing, brother? Greetings, Koopalings. We're doing well, Mo. I'm fresh off of another podcast. <laughs> I, I, I was so unprepared. I didn't even know I'd be turning on the mic three minutes ago. This is the <sighs> most unprepared OT yes. that has ever occurred. That's how we roll. Uh, next up, we got our boy Tyler. Tyler. Thank you for joining us in the OT. How you doing, big guy? What's up, dog? Man, I didn't think I was going to bump in you here. I, was <laughs> I stumbled into a podcast. Like, hey, guys, what's that red light on? Does that mean it's recording? Oh, yep. uh, I look around. I'm strapped. Tyler, are you going to make dog references the entire show? What's up, dog? Look, look, I can put a pause on these dog no. jokes. <laughs> uh, Tyler, Tyler, that'd be kind of rough. You know, <laughs> oh my goodness. And as you could hear, uh, our musical fourth chair who just jumped in, who, who is the only person scheduled to be on today, but because the OT does what it does, Kevin, dude, our dude. fans, the people, they've wanted you. Uh, one of our students was like begging to get Kevin on the show. I'm not going to ruin the surprise now. Kev, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's, it's, it is about time. Um, just for everybody listening, Coach Mo actually told me I wasn't allowed to be on the show ever, and I just had to oh, edit God. it and like it. And if I had any complaints, I could go tell the boss. So I went and told Donnie, and he said, I, I don't really care. So <laughs> that sounds about right. I was like, yeah. Oh, goodness. This is uh, thanks, Kev. But here's the thing. Like, you say that and you make that joke, but I'm the one who's going to catch flack on Monday. I'm going to have a certain student who is a huge Kevin fan go, why, why would you do that to Kevin? And then I'm well, going to have to explain that it's a joke. No, I I would say then yeah you do need to explain why you refuse oh to let me on. So, oh, this I, is gonna oh. be awkward day. I can't wait for Monday. Woo. But this is literally this is literally PSVG OT because this is the is exact this? same people who just recorded PSVG. So yeah, th- th- this would be the f- first official like overtime <laughs> yes. from the PSVG. Yeah, this is the extra minutes. That's that's good sauce. Um, before we move on, I want to do a quick shout out, Dev. Uh, we missed your brother. We know you're going through stuff today. Uh, we had a great time chatting with you last week and sharing memories and bringing joy um just know that and no matter what happens in the next couple of weeks like we love you to pieces if you need anything reach out to us and uh, we got your back brother um so the first things first this is a psvgot which is a relationship content or podcast we just want to tell some stories and memories and share and, and laugh um sometimes cry and get emotional um and the other thing is we're built on is unpreparedness almost to an excellent level of unpreparedness. So fellas, have you in any way, shape or form been prepared for tonight? Wait, is this a podcast? Yes. Where am I? 
What are these questions looking at me? <laughs> no, I have not been prepared. Good. I, good. I have not been prepared, but but Mo, I will say, um, before Dev left, he did hand me his curveball. So just just be ready. No, he didn't. Did he really? I, I have a curveball. Just saying. way to go, Dev. Way to go, brother. Donnie, were you prepared? Don, Don, no, Don, no, no, I was just Don 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 speak for me. I'm unprepared. The folks that are watching us in the chat are unprepared. We have all my guides just streaming through the chat. They're like, they're still going. Where did this come from? So no, second not, win, not, second win. All right. So our memory for this time, uh, I, I actually reached out on Twitter and I asked some people for a couple and I asked my students and it was because like after the emotional one that was the last one, I, for some reason, my mind kept going down that road of I want to be deeper. I want to do this. And I, I wanted something more lighthearted. And actually, the one that we came up with, me and the student, my kids, was we want to talk about a time we've lied that has helped other people. And we're not talking like a little white lie. Like This is like a lie, like something where you've had to elaborate and build something. So I'll go first to you guys time to prepare. I'm going to take you in the Wayback Machine to when a young coach, 6'7", 295 pounds, 16 years old. And I'm up camping with some friends at a, a cabin that's, let's just say we don't always go there for uh, fellowship. We more go there to be idiots. Okay. And so we, we go up and we're hanging out. We're having a good time and everybody's having a blast. There's about 15 of us. And we have these twin brothers who were there and um, they were, mm, they didn't really fit in with the group. However, this changes during the course of this night. See, one of the twins, his brother, his, his mom calls, says, where are you guys at? We need to come pick you up. He doesn't want his mom to come because some of the other patrons of this, this uh, outing may or may not have been drinking alcohol or doing other things that people do on these adventures. And so they go, Big Mo, we need you. We, we don't know what to say. I say, I have you. Give me the phone. And I put on my most wise intelligent voice which is not the one you hear now it's i think it's a higher octave maybe and <coughs> i proceed to give his mother directions and you should see their faces They're like how in the world are you doing this why would you be giving my mom directions and i go dude i got this relax trust in the mo and so we're talking to mom and i'm like hey yeah you know we didn't realize they couldn't come out like we were so excited to have him be a part of the team and because most of the people there were associated with basketball in one way or another. And so the mom's like, what's the address? I'm like, I have no idea. Um, the person whose house it is, uh, he actually went to go pick somebody else up. So I, I couldn't tell you, but I can give you directions. So the mom's, oh, okay. Um, so are you writing this down? She goes, yeah. And I go, well, first you're going to go down. I, I listed off the highway, 215. I go, then you're going to turn onto this road. And then you're going to turn onto this road. And this is where the lie begun, begins. I go, then you're going to take the second right and follow the loop-de-loop. And I start making up turns and roads and ways to go. I start saying, when you see the giant rock that looks like it has two hands in the air, you're going to stop and go left at the next diagonal. And I continue this story in this web. And finally, the mom goes, listen, can you make sure the boys get home tomorrow? And I go, yes, ma'am. I would love to do that for you. I hang up. The twins are looking at me like, what did you just do? I go, I just gave you a great night. And for the rest of the night, they were so grateful to Big Mo for doing this for them that they, you know, they went and got burgers for me. They went and did all these little things and they took my Bronco and went and got us food. And they were just the best little helpers. And uh, so that's my story. So, Kev, 
I saw you laughing. Saw the enjoyment on your face. You got a story? Yeah, yeah, I got one. So um, <clears throat> we'll go back to, to my high school days. And, and believe it or not, I was not the, uh, the outgoing charismatic person you have here with you today uh, during that period of time. And, and I was involved in this um, summer program. Uh, at school where I actually took college courses during the summer and lived on campus, had that college experience, even though I was in high school kind of thing. And they decided that one year they wanted to have a, like a fundraiser type thing. And they would do um, a, like a talent show. And like, we need some people who have some real talent that can do stuff and, and kind of put on something at least to, to entertain fans and some other kids at the college that might find entertaining. And I said, okay, I, I can help out with that. I can do that. We'll, we'll, uh, I'll come up with something. And uh, so they're like, okay, well, we're going to give you the biggest chunk of time to do something with. So you got about a half hour, 45 minutes of this time frame to do something with. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. And I had to then learn how to write a play basically. Um, Cause I kind of like, Oh, I'm a great performer. I, I can put on a show and this, blah, blah, blah. and I was not that dude at all. Nowadays I can do it. No problem. I'll, I'll, I'll drop a pen and, and just start writing some stuff. But at that time I had no idea. Uh, so I basically, and this is going to sound like, like it's not true, but there is film somewhere. I do not have a uh, pro, uh, ownership of it. It is property of Rhode Island College, but they do have it. Uh, I basically came up with the concept of, uh, if you guys remember Scary Movie, that the, like the funny version of Scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had written a screenplay and it was about 60, 75 pages long and it was called Yell. And it was basically the same thing as Scary Movie, but done in the premise of that campus environment that we were living in. But the biggest thing was, is I was just like, oh yeah, I got great talent. And they called me out of my bluff and then I had to come up with something to last that long. Um, so I spent like all summer long researching how to write screenplays, how to do things and, and find I had to find people to act out the characters and to do the music and to do this and that. And uh, it was just a nightmare scenario. Luckily, it paid off and they made a ton of money. Uh, people absolutely loved it. It was referenced like well beyond my years in that in that conference. They, they put it in like um, like highlight videos that they would do like, oh, years of review, you know, uh, upward bound over the years, throughout the years. And it would always show screenshots of me or somebody else doing stuff. Because um, the funniest thing I had to do during that performance was me. And if you're watching the video, I'm white as white can be. I straight up rapped. There was a musical number in my in my performance and, and I had to rap. And I honestly, I killed it. And people were like, man, that was epic. But yeah, that was one time I kind of lied thinking nobody's going to call me out on it or I had to do something small. And they're like, nope, you get the biggest block of time. You're the last one to go. You're going to take home the show. Um, so it was a lot of work, but I dug myself out of that hole. And ended up raising a ton of money for scholarships for kids who who needed it. Basically, it's from you know families who couldn't afford to do college, so getting them scholarship money was the biggest thing. Nice. Man, your lie was way better than mine. Mine yeah. had <laughs> two young Wait, guards. We put him last. Hang out. Oh. All right, Tyler, uh, you're up, man. Ah, poop. My turn. Okay. Well, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before. I probably have. Uh, back in high school, I was in band. I was the tuba player. And uh, I was the only tuba player, not by choice, because I loved the baritone so much. But, you know, the music teacher came up to me and say, hey, we need some bass in their music. No one's willing to play tuba. Can you do it for me? I was like, sure. I played it. I liked it. It wasn't that fun. It was kind of boring. But, you know, I was darn good at playing the tuba, as it turns out. Really good, in fact. The problem was, you know, this is high school. It's not going to last forever. Senior year comes rolling around. We still don't have anybody that's willing to become a tuba player. No one was easily as suckered as myself. You know, that was flattering, I guess. 
The problem was we found one person. He was very nervous about it. He was not that good. Yeah, uh, you know, he was a fellow baritone player, freshman, just got in. You know, uh, the music teacher groomed him from middle school, saying, "Hey, I bet you'd be a great tuba player." You know, so he tried it, and I was the person that was teaching him how to play. And when he played, it was bad. It was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> I didn't know you could goof up on a tuba, but there was. And so after doing this for like two weeks, I realized that this guy was going to quit. He, he was going to quit either band or quit playing the tuba. And so I had to sit down with them. I was like, look, I was in your exact position where you, know, where you are now. And look at me now. I'm doing great. I think you're going to be excellent, too. You just need to stick with it. And I think you're just going to be fantastic. I was much better than him during freshman year. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to be a brag, but I know I know you're out there. I'm sorry, Andrew. <laughs> but <laughs> Is he watching uh, now? Is he in the chat? I'm glad you stuck out in the end and you decided to play you know, tuba all four years afterwards. But man, <laughs> it took a lot of encouraging on that part, dude. I'm glad you stuck it out, though. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, All right. What about you, Donnie? Lying to a friend. Big Dong, yeah. You know, I was going to... I'm glad I went last, because I was going to come up here and be like, guys, I don't really have a story for you, but Mo, you kind of gave me the deja vu, and mine won't be as good as yours, so it's not. It definitely doesn't take as much uh, build-up, so I'll get us out of here um, pretty quickly. Right? You like that build-up? That was intentional. Um, So... I've talked about my past on the show and various shows before, so I won't go too far into it. But a period of time when I was in high school, I lived with my teacher and I rented out her basement. Um, When I did this, I gave a lot of my friends keys to my place. Um, I worked like three jobs at the time and I was like, hey, guys, you ever need a place to crash? It's totally on me. Don't worry about it. Most of the time I wasn't there anyway. So let me start in the future and then I'll back up. One day I get a phone call from my friend at 6 a.m. in the morning. My best friend, to this day, my best friend, his name's Drew. And he oh. goes, bro. Wait, say Andrew? What? Uh, I was going to say my tuba player friend was Andrew. <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, here, man. <laughs> so he goes, uh, bro, I just want to thank you for last night. Now, this is at 6 a.m. he calls me. What happened the night before was it was about 11.30 p.m. I'm working at Domino's. I used to work at Domino's as a general manager Domino's. I got a phone call from his mother. Uh, his mom was never like a huge fan of me because she thought it was weird that a kid lived with his teacher. She was like, why does he live with his teacher? And then one day he explained to her my entire history. And she was like, she made me like a care package, like a basket of like food and stuff. Like she brought it over. <laughs> so she calls me and she goes, Hey, I've been looking for Drew all day and night. I'm scared. I'm worried. He's not answering his phone. I don't know where he is. Is he with you? I said, yes, ma'am. He is. I'm at work. I have no idea where he is. I just went in doubt. I was just like, yeah, he's totally with me. He's at my place. Uh, we had a few beers and he fell asleep. And she's like, that's great. I had no idea where he was. I tried to call him. He didn't answer. Um, but I just thought I'd cover for him. Apparently, he had went out with a with a girl and he'd lost his phone and his car had gotten stolen. Oh, so geez. he calls me <laughs> the next morning when the police find his car <laughs> down the road <laughs> in a ditch. and They find his phone. <laughs> And he's like, dude, I don't know what you told your what what you told my mom, but thank you so much. You saved my rear end. And I was like, dude, that's what I'm here for. I was like, I just told her you were with me that we had some drinks and we were watching a movie. <laughs> so that's one time I told a lie and it totally helped 
everybody involved. <laughs> everybody won. That was a win-win-win situation. Man, you don't you don't get a lot of win-win-wins. That's right. You get a win. You not all like the three, the triple win. That's big. Say, he's a Browns fan. That's a lot of wins. He's got to appreciate. Oh, why? Oh, why? It's uh, they're gonna get better. I believe in the process, Donnie. They're gonna be the next 76ers. You just wait. I believe. I believe in so uh <laughs> I'm gonna just move on to something else. Um, so normally this is where Deb would throw his curveball. So uh right, you go, ready? Go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. Okay, so occasionally in our meaningless lives, we occasionally have a brush in with a celebrity. So my curveball question is, have you ever had a run-in with a celebrity? And what's your favorite story to come from that if there's been more than one? So I do, do you want me to go first and to give you guys time to think? I'm ready to go, actually. All right, go my, for it then. Go for it. Go for it. Lived up. Um, so back when I was in college, I was uh, sitting down and needed a job. And, and because of my size, there's really one job that I'm perfect for. I was a bouncer. Okay. And my kids know uh, before I met my beautiful wife, before I, you know, kind of became not religious, but found faith. Uh, I bounced to wherever the most money was to be made, um, which led to me bouncing for some very shady establishments during the course of this time. And so one of these places was called Dante's in Portland. Um, basically, like it was a, a cabaret for the, the freaks and geeks of the world. Uh, snakes, yeah, yada, some some weird stuff. And so I worked the door. I never went inside. And so I'm standing there and I'm working the door and and. Up comes up to me, lo and behold, Rashid Wallace. Now, people don't know Rashid Wallace is famous for technicals for my beloved Portland Trailblazers, who I'm repping today. Uh, 6'11", so he's about three, three and a half ten, uh, inches taller than me. And so she walks up, and I'm like, oh, how's it going, Mr. Wallace? You know, you played great, blah, blah, blah. He goes, ah, man, thanks, man. I'm just trying to go inside, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay. And so we go through, and I, I get him in. And um, 25 minutes later, they I get called to go into the back. Uh-oh. And I'm You're like, in trouble. <clears throat> I go, okay. Um, basically, Mr. Wallace uh, and some other people were partying, and the snake had gotten away. Ooh. So I had to spend um, a couple seconds making a decision. Look bad in front of one of my favorite basketball players or childhood fear of hating snakes with all I have. So I quit and walked out. (laughs) And uh, they still owe me money. Uh, I (laughs) never had the intent of going back and asking for my paycheck. I just walked out because I hate snakes. And so that was the one time I actually got close to a celeb was was at Dante's. So Nice. Uh, All right. Ty, why don't you go, man? Sure. Uh, I'm afraid that some of the stories I tell are reuse. So uh, I'm going to give it a shout out. I've only met and, you know, shook hands with the one celebrity before, or at least, you know, some of this considered a celebrity. Uh, I went to uh, the local theater over in Saginaw here in Michigan. Uh, and I met in, went to see a comedy by a uh, comedian known as Ralphie May. Oh yeah. Have yep. you guys heard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but, you know, awesome guy, you know, rest in peace, 2017 and all that. But I had met him and uh, afterwards, because my uh, my best friend's mother, who uh, bought the tickets for us, also went out to have a smoke during the, the comedy, which I don't know why you do that, but whatever. Yeah, right. 
and bumped into some radio promotion people who handed her backstage passes to meet with them afterwards. And I thought that was cool. You know, I got to meet my favorite comedian. It was sweet. You know, go in there, shake hands with me. Uh, you know, he, he just kind of came in. He didn't really care about any of us. He just signed off some posters and was like, okay, you know, that's uh that's a little bit of a star striking moment. And so he finished up and just kind of walked out, you know, said, thank you guys for, you know, seeing me. I hope you guys have a great day. He left his coffee cup there. Oh, and I stole it. <laughs> it was a styrofoam one, mind you. So it wasn't like anything crazy, but uh, I stole his coffee cup and then I kept it in my bedroom for about two and a half years. Kind of like, you know, like a kind of like a Hey, Ar- hey Arnold, where Helga like takes Arnold's oh, yes. and puts it in his shrine. <laughs> yeah. That's what I did. A single piece pariah of idolization for this guy was his coffee cup what i didn't realize afterwards was i went to college and apparently there was some coffee still in the cup that i kept this entire time so my grandma comes into the cleanup you know what was left in my room opens the cup and gets hit with like a sophomore year science project oh. of, of nasty mold and funk that was growing up it was and she threw it out you know it's kind of upset she's like did you know what kind of crap was in there? I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Ralphie May was in there. I know. Now I don't have, like, I could have brought him back. You could have. I I had his coffee cup, people. Come on. But yeah. I'd say that would probably be my favorite moment. All right, Donnie, you're next then. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to make up for all of my lack of time in the last episode. <laughs> Celebrity moment. This is going to be a good one. Or at least I think it's a good one. It's when I've told the story in the past and is 100% true, no matter how much he denies it. Um, people have enjoyed it. So while not the D one collegiate football player that coach Mo was, I was a pretty accomplished athlete in school. Uh, Most notably, I was a golfer, Um, three time regional champion, went to state every year, had D two offers. Wasn't like Tiger Woods good, but was like, you know, like web.com tour good for a little bit. (laughs) So I worked at a local country club, um, I probably shouldn't say it, although some Googling wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, you'd be able to figure it out pretty quickly. I worked at a local country club. This country club has a lot of, um, famous people that are members there. Most notably, Chris Tucker's mom has a home here. Chris Tucker bought his mother a house in this country club. And every year, um, they had a members only tournament that was basically like a celebrity program and uh, they would invite friends. Do you guys know what a marker is in golf term? Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Okay. No. Okay. (laughs) So a marker is when you don't have a full field of golfers and that's a problem. So like if every group is a group of four and there's a group of two, it's a problem because the group of two will play twice as fast as everybody else. So Mm. you put in a marker to play with them basically just to keep up time. Their score doesn't count. Nothing counts. So they're short a person and my boss who was the pro at the time goes hey donnie we need you to not work today and go play golf with these celebrities today as a marker i got put in chris tucker and mike cameron's group if you don't know who mike cameron is he used to be the center fielder for the atlanta braves and the boston red sox and a bunch of teams chris tucker talks so much crap on the golf course you guys know what i'm talking about when i say chris tucker right friday You know, what's the uh, the movie with Jackie Chan that he Rush does? Hour. Rush Hour. Rush Hour. There you go. This <laughs> dude talks so much trash. I think he had I his brother me. or a friend. or He had a close confidant in his group with him and Mike Cameron. So I rode in Mike Cameron's golf cart. After the first hole, he kept talking crap about everybody. 
if you guys haven't learned by now, I kind of fancy myself a trash talker a little bit. And this, <laughs> no. uh, this is senior Donnie at the height of his golfing powers, um, pretty much looking beyond his job at the golf course. Oh, no. So I start making fun of Chris Tucker and I go, hey, man, you talk a lot for somebody swings like that. And he said, what? And I was like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you're over here making fun of Mike Cameron. At least he's an athlete. Like, what are you? This is you got to remember at the time, like Chris Tucker hadn't really done much. Like he kind of went on hiatus for a little bit. Oh, yeah. So he goes, I can beat you out here. And I said, oh, no, you can't. That's a joke. I said, I'll spot you a stroke per hole and I will beat you the rest of the way. I will give you one shot and you won't win one hole off of me. I bet you a hundred dollars. He goes, I bet you a thousand. I go, I ain't got that much money. He goes, no, that's cool. I'll bet you a thousand. And if you lose, you'll give me a hundred. I said, fine. So we start playing golf. I beat him the next five holes in a row. And Mike Cameron and his buddy are making fun of him. And he goes, now, now he goes, he's getting all kinds of mad. And, and, and I should have prefaced this. I'm sorry. He didn't appear to be having a great day. Like he has showed up in a bad attitude, kind oh, of throwing no. stuff around. So this wasn't like a friendly game. This was very confrontational. Like just this to set evil the, antagonist from golf to story. Set level the stuff. Tone. <laughs> and uh, so I'm making fun of him every step of the way. I won't use the language that I was using, but I was having a good time with this very famous person. And I was just off up and down all over my golf course. So he goes, we should do a thousand a hole. I said, a thousand a hole. You're getting crazy. Why don't you just bet me your Bentley? He goes, fine. <laughs> what? Chris Tucker owes me a Bentley <laughs> because I beat him the rest of the day. He was so angry when we got to our final hole, which was hole number six, that he stormed off the golf course, threw his clubs directly in his Bentley and peeled out of the parking lot. He never oh, wow. gave me my Bentley. He never talked to me. We didn't ever exchange money. And that's fine. I didn't. I never expected him to. My boss yelled at me profusely for oh, upsetting God. the members. I almost got fired. The only reason that I didn't is I had been working for like five years and a lot of people liked me. He was furious with me. He was like, and Mike Cameron told me you said A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. I was like, yeah, I said that. He was being an a-hole. He kept telling me this and that, and I wanted to shut him up. He's like, you're not allowed to do that. You work at a country club. You should have lost on purpose. Like, it was a whole ordeal. But yes, my favorite celebrity moment was the day that I played as a marker in our member only tournament that went undocumented where Chris Tucker owes me his Bentley, that maroon Bentley that he got arrested into for speeding. That's mine. That's what he owes me. He owes me that car. That's, oh, that's, a, that's a good one, man. I, I don't know if I can top it, but let's see. He owes me rush hour four. Come on. <laughs> he, he owes us all rush hour four. By the way, um, that would have been a great thing to say at the time. Wait, there were three of those? <laughs> yeah. Oh. You didn't know I think I saw the first one. Then I was about it. Oh, oh yes, yeah. I didn't know. Three classics. Okay, uh, all right. my bad. All right, so I, okay. I I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of different run-ins with celebrities over the time, but like I think my favorite story is probably one of my first ones. So I, I, I'm assuming this is kind of a, a national type thing here. If you guys have local radio stations that occasionally do the concerts where there's like 12 different people like all performing at like one 
thing for radio station. So I was in attendance of one of these and I was fortunate enough to have backstage passes. So I was able to meet some of the people there. Um, bon Jovi was one of the groups there and I actually was going backstage to meet them. Um, was going back to my seats. So I was leaving the backstage area and you have to take an elevator to go back to where our seats were. I, I go to the elevator and there's a big dude, big bouncer guy standing in front of the elevator. He goes, nah, the elevator is broken. You'll, you'll have to wait. And there's no stairs in that vicinity where we works. So it was like a skybox where the backstage area was. So we had to kind of just stand. There. I was like, well, how long is it going to be? He's like, oh, it should only be a few minutes. Okay. So uh, me and my wife, she was my girlfriend at the time. We're looking up and, and I'm, I'm watching the elevator. It's going up. The numbers are moving up. So I'm like, the elevator's not broken. Doors open up. Shh. 90s pop sensation Hanson. That's right. Mbop. So Tyler, throw in some music right there. That's your cue. Is standing in front of me. Now there's nobody else there. It's just the bouncer guy, the three boys who look like girls. And I say in this exact tone, I go, oh my God, it's Hanson. And the the oldest one, the tallest one, sticks out his hand. He goes, oh, you're a fan? I walk right by him, stand in the elevator, push the button. As the doors are closed, I'm like, Nah, you guys suck. And the doors just closed and I just went back to my seat. So, yeah, I've had some awesome run-ins, but being able to tell Hanson to their face that they suck was a highlight for me for sure. That's sad because they don't really Kevin, suck. Kevin, just suck on that Kevin's moral enemy are a bunch of blonde kids who play music. <laughs> yeah. And like to this day, like they've cut their hair, but they suck <laughs> and everything. And Kevin's just like, that's his villain. That's the yep. evil in his life. Yep. Hanson. Yep. Jesus. <laughs> They're going to come up in therapy one day, Kevin. You better be prepared, man. Oh, my God. Hanson versus Kevin. I like I like where that's the... That, that, uh, I, would, I would read that comic. I'm just saying. Uh, oh, man. That was good curveball, man. I appreciate it. Um, so we get into our questions. Um, the first one uh, comes to us. Now... I don't know how much I've, I've we've spoken about this. We have a great fan here at OT and PCG <laughs> in general. Uh, her name is Shy, and we all we all we're all very. She was. Uh, I'll tell you right now when Josh and Kyle shouted her out in the last OT. Like I, I remember we were playing it in the weight room, and you just see her face, and she just turns beat red, and I was dying. <laughs> so I was like, "This is good stuff." And so um, Shy is a very big Kevin fan. And oh, so, hey, Shy. I hope you're also the room. Hi, Shy. When she found out that Kevin was going to be on here, she's like, I have a question for Kevin. And I was like, okay. And so her question is No, so- you suck. <laughs> <laughs> so her, her question is, and she's, and again, I, I had to preface all that and say all that, one, to embarrass her, but two, just because I could. Um, Kevin, with all the work that you do for, for the OT and for PSVG, how did you get your hosting chops? And so for the rest of us for, who have hosted a show, what has helped us develop the most? So from your, from your number one fan, even though I've been teaching it for four years, we'll go with Kevin first. Hey, Shai, how you doing? Hope you're enjoying the show right now. Anyway, um, that's a great question. So we've talked about it on other shows on the network. Um, The origin of me hosting started from the very first episode of PSVG, where it was uh, Donnie, myself, who else was on? Was it Nathan? Nathan. Nathan. And that that was, was, I think, yeah, Kyle. And it came down to who's going to host. And it kind of just ended up being me. And I said, all right, cool. We'll We'll give it a shot. 
And it's simply just from doing it uh, over time, I was able to kind of pick things up and I still flub a lot and that, that's all good, but it's just having that, that confidence. Um, and, and like I said, in my earlier story, kind of becoming a pseudo performer by trade, I guess you can say, I'm just really comfortable with doing it. I've never been a person that's been afraid to, to public speak or anything like that. So a lot of it's just having that confidence in the, the fake it till you make it approach. I find is a, it's always a good solid one to go with as long as you're not harming others in the process of doing so. But yeah, just practice. Practice, practice, practice. You keep doing it. After two years, you almost sound like you know what you're doing. All right, Ty, hosting chops, uh, doing the Arcadia. Uh, what, what do you think has been helping you the most? How did, how did you develop those skills? Uh, I mean, I could give a full origin story, but that would take up the entire you know rest of the block, and I don't want to bore you guys. Honestly, what happened was, I know I'm kind of like dodging the question sideways here. I basically wanted to listen to pirated audiobooks of Harry Potter when I was a truck driver over the road, but then I accidentally discovered a podcast that talked about Harry Potter chapter by chapter. And listening to that, just you know, hearing people that had no idea how to do podcasting grow together chapter by chapter, they actually become legitimate podcasters, inspired me and made me want to be one myself. And so I earned my own chops by talking to my best friend about it, talked to my fiance about it, grabbed a bunch of people to you know bounce around and I made my own podcast. And ever since then, I just, you know, I, I got used to it. You used to get stage fright, but you know, after you do it a few times, it just, it's smooth sailing fairly quickly. You, you accept that people are going to be watching anything you say is going to be recorded and you try not to goof up too many times because, you know, you don't want to get sued by somebody. Sorry, Hanson. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Kevin said it himself, fake it till you make it. And quite frankly, you, the best thing you could do is try to make yourself sound more important than you really are. And, you know, you got to have modesty to some extent, but you also got to understand that you are a entertaining personality and that's what you're here to do. You're also trying to, you know, share information, but at the same time, you want to be funny. You want to have a good time. And people want to hear you do that. All right. Big Don Quixote. I'm the worst host here. Um, <laughs> so I still don't have chops as much as I try. Uh, I've always thought of myself really. And this goes back to just trash talk and BSing with friends and on teams and whatnot. I am like the great color commentary. If I can bounce and riff off of somebody's lead, I'm in my place. I'm in my element. I'm quick and I'm fast. I agree. If I'm the origin, it's terrible. It's it's flat. It's not. I got to riff off of someone. I'm the color commentary guy. I'm I'm John Madden to this situation. I'm, you know, so I'm the worst toast here. So, yeah, I can't. I don't have chops, but I applaud Kevin. Kevin's come a long way That's <laughs> true. Had in him. That's why I made him the guy. When we first got together, I was like, we're doing a podcast. He's like, well, are you serious? Like, yeah, and you're hosting. He's like, what? Yep, get get with it. That's you. So I've always known that about me. I tried, I try to host as little as possible. Uh, ah. So there you go. <laughs> uh, and for me, uh, I what I did was I found the person that I goof off the most with and I can be the most coach mo with. And for me, yeah, it's yourself. Yeah, me, me and Dev, uh, we we literally will always have like a side conversation on things because we don't want to offend people. And uh, Donnie's been a part of some of those conversations. And we just we just go back and forth just riffing on stuff. And uh, I was like, hey, you and me are kind of kind of a bunch of goofballs. Let's do this. And it worked out like we just kind of laugh and joke and have a good time. And it's led to when I'm going through stuff, I can reach out to him and just a good friendship happens. So if you if you want to work on this find that person that you can be the most you with, but it's like oh, yeah. the, mo the the truest you 
like the one that you want to always get to be. Uh, and so I've been very lucky to have such great people around me when I do it. So oh, yeah, find uh, the best person <laughs> that will empower you being yourself. Yep. That's great advice. So if you can still right. be yourself and people can, you know, make it better somehow, you found a good person. <laughs> Thank nice. you, PSVG, for having me. <laughs> uh, our next one calls from a poly. Uh, how do you say his last name? Calico. He's a oh, follower. Calico, he yep, does. Yep. I love it. Yeah. Polly. So Polly actually reached out for me on, on Twitter and I don't only really do non-student ones, but I'm yeah. like, this one made me laugh. Like I, I have a good story for this, so I'll share it out. And it, his, what his question was, when you were younger, did you ever get physically hurt and BS your parents on where you were and how you got hurt? And so I actually have a story for that. So I don't normally lead, but I'll lead for this one to give you guys time to think. Um, so uh, I hate baseball. Okay. I'm not good at it. Um, I don't like being patient and waiting to hit the ball. Uh, I, I rush a lot. And so my coaches always laugh because if I hit it, it was either a home run or a strikeout. Like those are the only two options. Either I made really good contact and I send it over or I swing way too early. Um, and I just didn't want to play. And so <laughs> one day I went to baseball practice and a buddy like threw a ball at me and I was like, ha ha, that's, that's kind of funny. Throw it again, throw it again. And like, he hit me in the shoulder, like in this weird spot and it bruised up. And so I got home and my mom goes, what happened to your shoulder? I'm like, Oh, I guess it's from throwing so much. I, mean, I just don't think baseball is for me, mom. And so, I mean, I'm like nine years old and I'm doing this. And she takes me to the doctor like, oh, uh, it looks like a contusion. Da, da, da. Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, it's really painful. I just, I shouldn't play baseball anymore, guys. And after that, no more baseball. It was glorious. I just, me and baseball did not get along. Put me in football pads. Give me a basketball. Life's good. I just could not do baseball. It just wasn't for me. Uh, Kev, you ready to go? You got a yeah, time? Yeah, I can go, go I can go. So it's funny. So I had a story in mind, but then I realized, uh, shout out to Delvin Cox. I actually told this story on the Delvin Cox experience. So I'm not going to use that one. If you want to hear it, go find that episode, but I will use a baseball one. So back in middle school, uh, gym class there. So, uh, still co-ed type gym type scenario. We're playing softball indoors inside the gym, which number one, that's a terrible idea anyway, to be playing baseball indoors, but I lived in the ghetto, whatever. You do what you do. Uh, I liked playing uh, catcher because I didn't really have to do a whole lot. I just kind of stood there, caught the ball, threw it around. Good to go. Well, person comes up and you always remember in school growing up, you always had that one kid that was way bigger than everybody else. So Coach Mo was up to bat and, you know, sitting there, swing, boom, cranks the ball out there, right? Way out there throws the bat backwards once again i lived in the ghetto we didn't have equipment softball bat went right in the face blood everywhere nose right away right so fatality i walk i walked away and the gym teacher completely oblivious once again i don't i don't i was never fortunate enough to have a gym teacher like coach uh walked over the gym teacher who did not see what happened and I move my hands and there's just blood everywhere. So he checks out. He goes, he goes you know, Jesse, yep, definitely broken. My nose is still crooked. Um, go home that day. My parents asked what happened. And I told that story the exact same way I just told it to you guys. The part I left out, that student that was giant was a girl. That's right. Ooh. A girl broke my nose with a baseball bat. Why should that matter, huh? Putting gender into this. I, it doesn't. But when you tell a story, it sounds much cooler when you leave that fact out. But when you bring that up, you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Lord got to put the hurt on you. Did you cry during this? No, I didn't. And the gym teacher so actually that, asked that, that he, that's how the part are you, you have to lead. 
That's where you're going to lead. Is that true? The entire time this happens, I am without tears. I am standing with my muscle shirt on, the catcher's (laughs) mask, and I'm holding the bat saying who's next like that's the, that's where i would have gone man. no i i actually didn't cry and didn't you say goes how are you not crying because it was very broken but yeah. yeah okay uh ty so time you got hurt and you basically didn't tell the truth on how i'm gonna be honest here every time i did get hurt i notified my mother for some reason like a, a self-subscribed paramedic or something but uh I, I guess the one time that i was so embarrassed that i tried downplaying it i lived uh uh, in one of those government uh, paid housing facilities for a good part of my childhood. You know what I'm talking about, the projects kind of stuff. So uh, anyways, uh, th- the whole thing, the whole place ended uh, roadwise into a cul-de-sac, you know, big old circle, beautiful circle. And uh, I was driving around in my pink bicycle because apparently my first bicycle was supposed to be pink. It was cheap. It was, you know, whatever. We don't have to talk about the color of my bicycle. I decided uh, riding my bicycle that I was going to do it wearing flip-flops. So I'm riding around on flip-flops. Uh, unfortunately, there is a point. My foot slipped. The flip-flop got shoved into the front wheel. And then I had caught my whole foot in the front wheel, caught the uh, you know the piece of the metal, flipped me entirely over. I got launched over my bike. The bike didn't stop. I had got it. Like, it shoved me forward, kind of kicked me off like a horse, and then kept going and ran me over. The bike kept going. I was very impressed with the bike. I was very upset. So I got a huge rash on my back for hitting the, the concrete. And then a huge like mark across my chest for being run over by my own freaking bike. And, you know, I had to go home and say, mom, I fell. And she's like, what happened to your foot? I'm like, I fell really hard. I fell on both sides of my body. I wasn't too proud of it. (laughs) That's that's a solid fall when it's on both sides of your body. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, no kidding, dude. (laughs) Donnie, you got any stories for this one? I got, yeah. They're short though. So I, I got, I got two. That's the reason they're there. Um, the one that people, the one that my wife seems to be oddly fascinated with is one time I got shot with an arrow. Um, there were some folks shooting a bow and arrow in through the woods through or no, I'm sorry, through and through or like stuck in, stuck in, but it didn't have an arrow tip on it. It was like one of the, the, the oh. flat tip arrows oh, uh, that changes the story. There were folks that just happened to have an arrow. Like they got a bow and arrow or bow and arrows for Christmas. And I was riding my bike in the woods in the same woods that they were, that they were shooting a bow and arrow in. And uh, I jumped a ramp and totally got hit midair with an arrow right in the rib cage. It hit the bone. Um, it hit the bone. So it didn't go through, but I was bleeding a lot and I walked home and I didn't know what happened because I got hit with an arrow in midair. So I lied and told them that I fell on my bike <laughs> and it wasn't until they went back because I was bleeding a lot after I went to hospital and they found the arrow and then they found the kids that shot me with the bow and arrow and uh, like they didn't get in trouble or anything. They didn't press charges. There was, there's no like funny part to the story. It's just like my wife is just They're still in prison with forever. She's like, you totally got shot with an arrow one day. <laughs> it just happened like one day. She's like, what is this? Like Camelot? Like this doesn't happen anymore. Um, the, the reason, one, the reason they didn't press charges was because like Breath of the Wild, the bone oh, broke after one shot. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Devin, that was for you, baby. <laughs> no, I'm back. I didn't leave, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the better one that I think I have that is kind of more in line with what you guys have is um, the first time I ever played paintball. We've all played paintball, right? I think it's like something everybody goes through. It's a big thing here in Georgia. Like all preteen boys shoot each other with paintball guns. The first time I played with paintball, um, 
I went out with a group um, wrestling team. We played all day long in my friend's house. Uh, he had this great big farm. We played 20 matches, like literally nine hours straight, played nothing paintball. I never got shot. What? And uh, yeah, and I just, I never got shot. Nobody They're terrible. Shot that day, nobody shot me. And I, it was my first day playing paintball. I bought all this equipment. I bought all this. I bought this brand new gun at a Titman. Like I was so excited and I never got shot. And I was like, I, I wonder what it feels like. And so I shot myself in the foot and broke. Oh, no. You shot yourself point blank. I mean, I, I guess there's I, only I, other- I aimed the gun right at my foot and I shot myself to see what it feels like. And I broke my toe. <laughs> so, and then I totally just blamed it on like the game. I didn't know who shot me, but I just totally told my, I was with my aunt at the time. And I told my aunt, I was like, we were playing paintball and I got shot in the foot. You <laughs> dummy. I didn't know. Like, I, I didn't know. Like, you know, I was like, I, I had no idea. Like I had shot a bunch of people that day, but nobody had shot me. And uh, my friends made fun of me in the wrestling team. They thought it was hilarious. I wrestled in the broken toe all season. Um, didn't lose until we didn't lose until the finals. Got second, second state that year, but still, uh, yeah, that's a pretty stupid thing that I did, but I totally lied about it and totally got away with it. But yeah, that's what happened. I, so, I once shot my homie uh, in his groin at his oh, bachelor party. That's much worse. <laughs> that's so was, much worse. It was during a match, so it wasn't like point blank, and it was just kind of like it, it was friendly fire. But yeah, it, funny thing is his, his fiance at the time was like, make sure he doesn't get hurt at his bachelor party. I'm like, yeah, yeah no, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Shot in the crotch. Just saying. I bet he had a great honeymoon. <laughs> So this actually, the, the Donnie, your story reminded me of something that I'm going to throw in here just because I know he listens. Uh, so we grew up not having enough money for paintball. Like the whole setup was pretty expensive. And but we, what you could get for cheap at Walmart were BB guns. I don't know if you guys remember the oh, BB gun. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> we used yep. to have these BB gun fights. Now, I, That's my I actually I didn't want the handgun one. Because like I wanted the rifle. Now <laughs> I had a shotgun. You guys know this? The rifle wasn't a BB gun. It was the metal pellets are like this long, and you have to load it in, Ooh, pump, pump, pump back in. You know what I'm talking about? And yeah, so, the Winchester pump ones. Jeez. So I saved my money for that, and they all had these BB guns, and we would go over to the campus, like the middle school, the high school, at night, and there'd be like 10, 15 of us, and we would basically be playing like hide and go seek war, where you literally had to shoot somebody, get them to the ground, and like bring them over and that's like they were captured so i would lie down on the football field with this gun that has this much more powerful metal bullet that you're basically shooting (laughs) compared to these bb guns that everybody else has and so me (coughs) my brother rob and jante like we're on the same team and i'm like hey jante you go that way rob i'm gonna be right here with the rifle if i see somebody i'll shoot him all right this is a great plan couple minutes goes on it's dark outside i'm laying there i see somebody now i don't do what the normal person does to check if it's one of my teammates texas <laughs> stop i fire oh no and i hit rob in the face and <laughs> to this day that metal pellet he can oh. move it around on his neck oh it is still in no. it is the grossest thing ever <laughs> However, we did not realize it was stuck in there until we drove home and saw the blood. <laughs> so we played for two hours. We had to take him to the emergency room. It was a whole thing. It was crazy. They didn't oh take it gosh. out. Uh, so Rob, it, at this point in time, he was on his own insurance because we were living with my my other brother, like just the way things worked out. And so he literally got in there. The ER and was like, time out. How much are you going to charge me to take this out? The doctor told me, he goes, will this hurt me? 
Doctor says no. He goes so deuces, and we walk out of the hospital. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> He's like, it's bandage. I already know I'm going to get this bill. Bye. I'm out. It was it was crazy. Kids, don't do this at home. Yeah, please don't. Uh, no. I, I've told that story to my kids. Like they know, like hey, stay away from BB guns and Pelican, the guys. It's it's please. nerf or nothing, kids. Nerf. Play laser tag. Seriously, <laughs> laser tag. The best kind of rifle, the air rifles that you can get at Walmart, whatnot. At max pumped has about a quarter of the velocity or velocity of a twenty-two. Oh. So, I mean, we're talking like one hundred fifty miles an hour at full power. There, <laughs> you yeah. shot it at somebody in the neck. Yep, yep. I remember that for a long time. That was that was crazy. Um, so our, our our next question actually comes uh, from our kid Jay Money. He wanted to know. But coach being out sick this week, what is your comfort food? So I'm guessing you mean like for when you're sick. So Tyler, comfort food? Uh, cupcakes. No, I'm oh. just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm really just kidding. Uh, don't whenever... treat. <laughs> yeah, I was like deep flavored ramen. If I can't have the treats, no. Uh, seriously, oh, my my fiance and I, whenever we do get sick, the two things that she likes to make is homemade chicken noodle soup or spicy cabbage soup. And, you know, it's really nutritious. It hits the spot. It's a bit traditional, but hey, it freaking works. It, you know, turns out, you know, chicken broth and all the good stuff really does help. Kev, how about you, bud? Tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. Hands down. That's the best thing when you're sick. All right. Fight and you. Donnie? I mean, that's good soul food, Kevin. I mean, that's, that's kind of like the standard approach. My thing is I always go to Tunamac. For some reason, do macaroni and cheese just always makes me feel better in any situation, whether I'm down, sick, feeling lonely, feeling depressed, rejected. There's never a time I could be honestly, I could be having the best day of my life. If you gave macaroni and cheese, it'd be a better day. It'd be, it would then become the best day of my life even more. Like hey, what kind of macaroni and cheese, cheese is always talking here? I don't care. Like, are, are you serious? Like, is this a like, whole cupcake thing all over again? Or, no, like, no. <laughs> just I, I macaroni think he means craft. Yeah. Macaroni uh, noodles. With cheese on it is fantastic. <laughs> There's a dude named Mac and his partner <laughs> named Cheese. <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, for me, it's anything spicy. Um, I like so like tonight. Uh, my wife, uh, we ordered Chinese food, and I, I got General Sours with extra peppers. That's or, what I got. I had yeah. that tonight too. Yeah. And so they throw in a bunch of those beautiful little red peppers that are dried out. Yep. I love those things. Uh, I toss a little sriracha on there, a uh, little rice, and I'm good to go. And what I like about it is it makes you sweat, you know, the blockage out and everything. I, I enjoy it. So that's, that's mine. It's normally something real spicy. All right. Uh, we're getting close to time. However, we have one question left. Um, this one comes from E, and E wants to know if you can go back in time and tell ninth grade you one thing, what would it be, Donnie? Oh, man, there's so many things. I mean, that's just life, right? You would always tell yourself to do things differently. Mm-hmm. I uh, definitely would have told myself not. This is going to sound so bad. Not do all the drugs you did? Not to get no, no, those are good. Um, oh, okay. oh no, this kid, no kid, <laughs> my kids listen to this show, guys. Why does nobody remember this? It's a joke. Jeez, um, hugs, hugs, not drugs. There you go. Um, probably not to get my wife pregnant our senior year of high school. So, like, that's what happened. We were that couple. We got pregnant our senior year of high school. Um, we still got to graduate and all that, but we were definitely known as that couple that got pregnant. Like we were one of the first couples in our high school that got pregnant, yeah. um, which also meant that we like, we rushed to marriage, which also meant that like we lived in our 
parents' basement, like trying to have a marriage. And the thing you may not know about me is that we totally got divorced a year after we got married, probably because we rushed to marriage and we lived in our parents' basement. Um, we got back together nine months later. And then we uh, hung out and kind of let it organically grow for five years before we got remarried. Um, actually, about a year before I started PSVG, we got remarried. And uh, it was really great. If I could go back in time and tell myself anything, I would have, not that I don't have any regrets. Obviously, I don't regret my kids. I love my daughter so, so much. But I maybe, maybe the timing could have been better. Or at the very least, I may have told myself not to get married that first time or not to live in that basement or not to, you know, like just to maybe do that better, like maybe step on our own at the time. It's just, it's hard, kids. If you don't know, you don't think it is, it's so hard to do that when you're in school and when you're that young and when you're not prepared and when you just, there's so much to it. There's so much to it. There's so much life to that. There's parents and, and family and drama and differing opinions. And you just cram all of that at that time when you're not prepared financially, emotionally, mentally, um, like in a relationship wise, it's just, it's, it was so bad. Um, so yeah, that, that nine months that my wife and I were separated were, I spent nine months as like a divorced dad and that sucked. Uh, it was only nine months though. So, I mean, like I look back at it going like that nine months did so much for me. That's why I went to college. That's why I got the job I got. That's why I worked so hard because of that nine months. I was like, I have to do so much more for myself and for my kids without that nine months. I would have been a completely different person. There's no telling. So it's like, it's, it's one of those things I have no regrets because it made me everything I had today. But at the same time, I look back at it and I go, the road to success shouldn't be that hard, right? Like you, you shouldn't have to do that to get to where you want to go. So if I could go back in time and tell my nine, ninth grade person that, I would warn them about that and at least maybe make some different, differing, you know, some different decisions. That that was the best story we've ever had on OT, uh, and it got very dusty for everybody else on the chat. <laughs> yeah, don't. I mean, don't pick a kidding, dude. Ooh, I always was, feel like I bring the show down. I'm sorry. No, you didn't bring it down. Like that's amazing advice and it's powerful and it's coming from such a great place. Like Donnie, I'm going to, there are not a lot of times where I need a reason to hug people. I just like hugging. It's kind of my thing. I want to hug the crap it, out of you. Yeah. If I, if I could get to you right now, like your butt would be <laughs> off, off the ground, six feet, five inches in the air. I'd just be squeezing the crap out of you. I just love your man. spine, man. Whew, that was, that was good stuff. Uh, Tyler, are you ready to talk or you want me to go? Just go, man. All right. Yeah. So mine's I here's the thing. I've always I've always lived through moderation. I've never been too high, too low. I've always kind of been pretty, pretty evened out. Um, but there's one thing that I let other people's decisions affect me in a way that I should never have let it do. Um, so I got a bunch of scholarship offers for football. But the one school that I felt the most in love with and the most at home with, the most like I really loved the culture was this school called the University of Hawaii. Now, the only reason I didn't say <laughs> the only reason I didn't say yes to the to, to the University of Hawaii was their mascot is the fighting rainbow warriors. Those rainbow jerseys that they came back, those retros, those are so good. Had, had I have told my neighborhood where I grew up <laughs> that I was going to become a fighting rainbow warrior, I cannot tell you the things that would have happened to me. Okay, I, I, 
like I was so in my feelings of not letting people, you know, I don't want people picking on when people make it fun of me. I was like, nope, I guess I'll go be a beaver. Da, da, da. Worst decision I'd ever made because had I gone there, like the support system I would have had would have been way different. And so that was one decision. Now everything happens for a reason. I get injured. I end up having to go to a smaller school afterwards because I can't get my body back where it needs to be. I meet my beautiful bride who changes my life. Um, I understand that. But that would be the one for me is not to let other people's decisions influence ones when I knew in my heart the one I wanted to make. So, uh, Tyler, I see you got your bear bear. Uh, you ready to tell us what you, the, the, the thing you would tell ninth grade you? Uh, this bear, first off, I just want to point out it's approximately 40 years old. Apparently, it was my aunt's bear when she was a child before it got passed on to me when I was a baby. His name is Barry, and he makes me comfortable in times of stress. So I'm a little stressed. But yes, with uh, the power of Barry confiding inside me, I'm going to push myself forward and say, if there's one thing I can tell my ninth grade self, and maybe even to the, some extent to me nowadays even, if you feel like something or someone has wronged you, don't let it define who you are and learn to forgive and get past it. Because there was so many things I had from high school all the way up to college that I had used to cause my downfall to some extent. I had, you know, I forced crutches on myself saying, ah, oh, I hate the, you know, the way my family treats me or, ah, oh, I, I really wish that I got drum major, but it was this person that it wasn't my fault. And then, you know, it, sometimes I had to learn to forgive myself because I would, you know, do terrible things to myself by choice or no, that it was really frustrating. And, you know, to, to this day, there's some people that I, I won't forgive just because of silly things or some things that might've changed my life. I'm going to be honest with you, you know, I don't talk to my parents. I haven't talked to them in almost a year now because my relationship with them ever since middle school was so toxic and disowning that, you know, I, I can't bring myself to even want to talk to them because it, it makes my life miserable. But if I could tell myself in ninth grade, say, Hey, bury these hatchets, start from the beginning make amends and get past the, you know, the struggles of your life. I think I totally would do that. I think that's what I could tell myself. That's good sauce, man. All right, Kev, what would you tell ninth grade you, man? Man, this, this show's killing me. Um, <clears throat> all right. So we'll go back to, to some of what I mentioned earlier where, you know, I wasn't an outspoken kid at that time at all. Uh, so what I go back to tell myself is take more chances. So I was really, quiet kid. Uh, didn't do a whole lot. Didn't have a whole ton of friends, you know, played video games during the summer, did stuff like that. You know, around ninth grade, my first year I played football uh, because my, my buddy who was a lot bigger than me wanted to play football, but he didn't want to join the team by himself. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll go with you expecting myself to get cut right away and, and not do, <laughs> you know, not make the team, but I, I survived. I made the team. And I played JV played for the whole year. Uh, on the way out, as we're handing back our pads and stuff like that, the coach says, all right, we'll see you next year. I said, no, thanks. I'm going to move on to something else. And we've joked about this before in PSVG. The, the thing I moved on to was to play volleyball and <clears throat> played volleyball. And there was one person on the team, uh, never forget him. His name was uh, Kerry Che. He was an immigrant from Laotia. His family had to escape years and years prior through Cambodia to get to America because of the war that was going on in that place. His little sister died 
in that journey to America. So he makes it to America. His family makes it to America. Not much. Like I said, I, I didn't grow up in, in the best area, but I made, I made the best of what I had. Um, he was one of the most optimistic guys ever, even though he had been through literal hell. Okay. Super intelligent, super nice guy. So he was a junior at the time when I met him and I was a freshman, but he still treated me like his, his best friend. And, and he taught me a lot and he, he gave me, you know, told me about being confident. You know, it, it's all about this, you know, think there's always something worse. Don't be scared to do this. Don't be scared to do that. Yada, yada, yada. Played our first year together. Uh, then we get to his, his senior year. So my sophomore year. And we, uh, that year we made it to the playoffs. We lost in the, the semifinals and that, that was a senior. So it was a little bittersweet that he, he never got to win that championship, this and that, but you know, volleyball for us was a winter sport. So we saw the rest of the school year together come springtime. He, uh, got the flu. He got sick, goes to the emergency room with his family. And as we all know how emergency rooms operate, you wait forever in, in the waiting room to be actually seen. He died in that waiting room that year. And that crushed me because just think about his journey and having heard the journey of his family and what they went through and have literal relatives die in that journey to get there. And then he just said, Hey, you know, be grateful for what you got. There's always something worse out there. I mean, he was a literal survivor of that. But to think something as trivial as waiting in a waiting room with the flu killed him, crushed me. But I never forgot the message he told me. And that's when I started to kind of change who I was and, and be the real me, you know, be more confident, be able to speak to people, participate in things, give, give back to the community. You know, I grew up in the school of, you know, gunshots and knives being pulled on people. So sometimes after school, you heard a noise, you had to run home that day. It was not a matter of like, you stick around, see what's going on. No, you, you ran home. And that, there was a lot of days I ran home. There was days I got beat up on the way home. It, it stuff happens, but I moved on from that. I took my education serious. Um, like I said, I partic- I was willingly in high school going to college in the summer. I was giving up my summer vacations to participate in that, to make myself a better person. That's what gave me my confidence, allowed me to explore my creativity and do kind of the weird things that Donnie lets me do now um, with this whole thing called PSVG. And, and that's just something I, I never forgot. So the biggest thing, and, and it's something I would go back and tell myself, and honestly, I'm, I'm telling all coaches, students here that listen to the show that you know, take those chances. If, if take a chance on something, if it's not going to harm anybody else, go for it. Cause the worst thing can happen is it doesn't work out, but no harm, no foul, but you'll never know unless you take that chance. Uh, podcasting is something I wanted to do, you know, eight years ago. And I just started doing it two years ago. Well, almost three now uh, with PSVG. And that's something I wasted time. I could have been doing stuff all along. You know, I could have taken a different route in life. I could have done different things. Like I don't have any regrets with what I've done, but I wish I started certain things earlier. So kids take those chances. Uh, ninth grade, Kevin, take those chances because you never know when that chance is gone and you have no more opportunity to take them. From Chris Tucker's Bentley to these stories. This is why I love OT, man. This is, this, this is good sauce. This is uh, I appreciate you guys so much for being open and honest and goodness. Um, this is normally where we wrap up. Normally we ask what everybody's doing, but I'm actually going to give you guys homework. Go find out what we're doing on the uh, PSVG podcast that releases on Monday because we were all on it together. Um, so with final words, 
I love you guys. Thank you so much for, for being so open and candid with my kids. I can't wait for the conversation that this is going to start come Tuesday and Wednesday. I already got two texts, one from was from a student who said, uh, RIP little thief. Um, I'm guessing that was for, for what you just said, uh, Kevin, because we've, we've lost students to something as trivial as that. But the other one was, uh, like coach says, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. It's a fact. <laughs> and normally when I'm saying it, I say it to people when I'm trying to get them to go talk to the pretty girl they're too nervous to talk to. And so guys, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It just means the world to me. Um, Donnie, anything you want to wrap up with? No, man, I'm, I'm headed to Minneapolis to go to the Super Bowl. So this will be my last podcast. I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. I always enjoy talking to you and everybody with PSVG, but especially the folks I don't get to talk to as much as, uh, as others. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy listening for at least about a week or two. I'll enjoy being <laughs> a fan for a while. Stop oh. talking so much. Ty, how about you, man? You can check me out on Twitter. <laughs> at two times style. Oh, oh, no space, no space. <laughs> All right, brother. Kev, you? Uh, no, I just want to say, you know, thank you, Coach, for bringing a, a different type of show to the network. It, it's a great idea. And I don't know why Donnie kept telling you no for the past year that you weren't allowed to do it. It's just, <laughs> it's um, but, you know, that, that's it. But no, uh, thank, thank you, man. Thank you for doing what you do. We love it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and with that, uh, for us, that's game over. Good night, guys. <laughs> This has been a production of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Find more great content at PlaySomeVideoGames.com.